What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to our day two recap. Big time show. Hey, guess what? There have been 17 wide receivers selected so far through rounds one, two, and three. Who was the 17th wide receiver selected last year? Huh? <laughs> Who's gonna know that? You should know. If I'm asking, if I'm asking, you should know. Right, it's clearly um, Amon Ross St. Brown. Exactly, exactly. It was Amon Ross St. Brown. This year it was Danny Gray going to San Francisco with the last pick of round three, pick 105 overall out of SMU. He gets a C from Chris Chapasso as we have grades. If you just want to learn a little bit about the players, get some grades on the picks, you can always check out our draft tracker anywhere on cbssports.com, basically. Uh, you can see the, the draft tracker. Just click on it. Great stuff there and some video from HQ as well. Adam Azer with Jamie Eisberg and Heath Cummings. We're going to break it down. Uh, I do have a special announcement to make here. Just to, We're going to have a guest coming on. At some point, Ed Marinaro is going to be joining us. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we could be here till 3, 4 a.m., you know? Uh, that was that was amazing. And Kyle Brandt wins. I don't know, Heath, if you saw Kyle Brandt announcing the Chiefs, or the Bills, we're sorry, taking the shot at the Chiefs, the, uh, announcing the Bills selection at 89 overall. The best uh, pick announcement, uh, uh, the most entertaining one of the of the night. He did a, he did a fantastic job. It was great. It was yeah. great. All right, so the headliners, Brees Hall to the Jets, Ken Walker to the Seahawks, James Cook to the Bills. You've got Christian Watson going to the Packers. And, yeah, those are the headliners, but there are more. Trey McBride versus tight end off the board going to the Arizona Cardinals. Let's start out with a little fill in the the blank. Him Dolphins, I hated it. Oh, why? Because I wanted to see Albert O get featured. (laughs) I don't think he will. Yeah. And... McBride may have a redshirt year. Yeah, McBride. I mean, McBride averaged almost as many yards per game last year as Kyle Pitts did. More than 90 yards per game. Just tremendous numbers for Trey McBride. Uh, Okay, anyway, let's do some fill in the blank. Ready? Here we go. Jets running back Brees Hall will have his first 15-carry game in week blank. One. Who are they playing week one? (laughs) Okay, you guys feel that way? You're right off the bat. He's He's their horse. Yeah. If he shares, I think it'll be like in the passing game. With Carter may get some work there early in the season until 
Brees Hall takes that away as well. But I think he'll get a majority of the rush attempts. Heath, now that now that your guys have landed in spots, or that the guys have landed in spots, mm-hmm. how do you feel about your tanking? Awful. It's gone <laughs> terribly. It could not have gone any worse. Um, although, like, there were a lot of people comforting me on Twitter last night, telling me that one or two of these guys who all just got replaced on the opening night of the NFL draft might turn out to still be very good or might even be the best wide receiver on their team. There's no guarantee the guy that was drafted this year will be better than the guy that was drafted last year. Say wide receiver, you meant running back? I'm at wide receivers. No, I've got oh, I'm sorry. Right. Uh, Devontae Smith, Rondale Moore, and Elijah Moore, my three uh, core wide receivers I was building around. And uh, great day one for them. Yeah. So what, what 101 right now? Still Brees Hall? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I still feel wh- great about him. How about you, Jamie? Still, is he number? Oh no, no, yeah, but I, I, you know, it's 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 a little different when you have the selection. I don't have a one on one. I would rank Brees Hall one on one, but I don't think it's he's he's not in the ideal situation. Clearly, why not? Well, I, I mean, Michael Carter's good, you know. So, and it's it's a backfield. I think that still shows you that they're going to share. Um, you know, you, we we were saying, you know, Houston would have been good. Atlanta would have been good. Buffalo would have been good. You know, I mean, he would have shared in Buffalo too, but at least not necessarily for a long term. I mean, he's with a guy that's on a rookie deal or a second year of a rookie deal. You know, that that's a pretty talented running back. So, I mean, they're going to use both those guys. All right, we've had, I'll say what I said last week. We've had at least two rookie running backs finish in the top 12 in five of the last seven seasons. Unfortunately, two of the last three, we have not had two top 12 rookie running backs, but it's just, it's very common for rookies to finish in the top 12. We did have one last year with Najee Harris. Javante Williams was uh, top 18, but not top 12. So what do you think about Brees Hall's chances of being a top 12 running back this year, his his first year with the Jets? I was going to ask if you were measuring that per game or overall. I think his chances, if he plays 17 games of finishing a top 12 running back, are pretty good. Overall, Um, not per game. Yeah, overall. I, per game, I expect him to be more of a, a mid-range number two running back, uh, somewhere in the 16 to 20 range in his rookie year. I think at the beginning of the year especially, we'll see Carter more involved in the passing game. I do think that if right, if he's as good as he looks, then Carter's not going to be a problem for very long. He's a fourth-round pick, and they just traded up to take Brees Hall after they already had Michael Carter on the team. So I, I think if Hall does what we think he will do, I don't think Carter's a long-term problem. Okay. I think he needs the Carter injury, though, to get into the top 12. Well, you know, you talk about the passing game. First of all, I think that, I think they had the fewest carries in football last year, the Jets. Uh, so there's they got to get better offensively so they can get just more opportunities. Well, I mean, they they yeah they better. They <laughs> yeah, they have. They're lo- I mean, are they loaded? Are they loaded if they have a good quarterback? They have 100%. Right? Yeah. It's Offensive exciting. line looks in, in good shape. It's the exciting. weapons look in good shape. You know, it's Zach Wilson. Hey. Go prove that you should be the number two pick from a year ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I tweeted How that. How excited would we be if this was Justin Fields, by the way? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I tweeted that the uh, PFF has the elusive rating. They define it as measuring success and impact of a runner, runner with the ball independently of the blocking. So it's basically <laughs> they're just rating running backs. The top three running backs last year, minimum of 50 carries, were Rashad Penny, Nick Chubb, and Michael Carter. And very early in the second round, two of those three basically got replaced. At least we think so anyway. All right, so week one, you say for Brees Hall, 15 carries. How about our second fill in the blank? It is Ken Walker. Seattle running back Ken Walker will have his first 15-carry game in week blank. 
I mean, is Rashad Penny healthy now? <laughs> you know, so uh, I'll say week one, too. I'm going to go four on that one just because they've got I, – I could see if one of those guys is healthy, it's a slow takeover, and it's Pete Carroll, so who knows. Does Chris Carson factor in at all? Yeah. I, Did I, you say I would imagine this is an indication of his health or his status on the roster. You say Chris Carson, Heath? Or you were talking about Penny? Or I said one of them. Oh, okay, okay. I said if one of them okay. was healthy. But, yeah, I mean, Carson may be done, too. All right, so give me give me your thoughts on Walker's chances of being a top 12 running back this year. If they get a Baker Mayfield, then I like it a lot better. If it's Drew Locke, I think this offense could be terrible. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not very optimistic as the team is currently constructed because I do think he's probably going to share with one of those guys at least early, just like Hall. Except I think the Jets' offense has a chance of at least being average, and right now I don't think Seattle's does. Yeah, I think it. Right, it's interesting if you compare the two offenses. You're just hoping Wilson's better than Locke, but the you know the skill position, the the wide receivers are better for Seattle. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like. Is it well, really that yeah. much? Is it really that much worse for for Seattle, who also drafted a left tackle, by the way, at nine? I don't know how much better the wide receivers are for Seattle. I think we have to go into the year assuming. Well, their talent better. is better, but is their quarterback going to make them worse? Well, I'm what I'm saying. Just on you know, if you remove the quarterbacks, who's got a better offense, Seattle or the Jets? Um, should be Seattle. Yeah, and Zach Wilson was horrible last year. We're just hoping that he takes a chance. I guess I'm assuming Brees Hall is going to be clearly ahead of of Ken Walker in your rankings, right? Yeah, for me. Yes, probably by about like Hall will be somewhere around twenty, and Walker will be somewhere closer to thirty. Is that because of? You think the Jets will be better offensively? You think Brees Hall will have a role in the passing game and Walker won't? Like, what goes into that, Jamie? I mean, as of now, I, I think you have to at least assume that Carter will be there until he's not. So that's, you know, a third of it. But, you know, I mean, Rashad Penny was amazing last year. So if he comes into camp healthy and, and starts the season, I can't, I can't see a scenario where they're not 50-50 at worst. All right, let's go to our third fill-in-the-blank. Buffalo running back James Cook will have his first 15 carry game in week blank. Uh, week one of 2023. Yeah, I don't think he'll have a 15 carry game this season. He never had one at Georgia. His career high is 12, at least in college. What do you think about <laughs> is Devin Singletary? He's obviously not a winner because they no. did draft James Cook in the second round, but it could have been worse, right? Heath, what do you think about Devin Singletary right now? I think I was pretty low on him before the draft compared to, to everyone else, and I still moved him down a little bit after this just because uh, Cook was one of the guys who scared me for any running back that he went and joined because he's going to take such valuable touches. The, the Bills even said it. They view him more like a, a more of a pass catcher than a ball carrier, and they were disappointed when they didn't get J.D. McKissick, and they've gone and got James Cook to go do what they were going to have McKissick do. So I don't think Singletary has very much hope in the passing game. So he's really got to dominate running downs and score a bunch of touchdowns. Um, I, I'm pretty pessimistic about Singletary. I, I might even prefer Cook in full BBR. Would you rather I'd have Singletary over Cook in all formats? But I do think that this is going to end up being probably the same story for Singletary that 
and may, he may not reach the same heights, but will end up being one of the great, great value picks by the time we look back on the draft and saying, why didn't I take Devin Singletary sooner? Because I do think he will still dominate rushing opportunities. And if he can stay healthy in this offense, that just leads to still some quality production. He may not reach the heights that he would have had if there was no player like James Cook. You know, we were looking at Zach Moss and Duke Johnson as the main competition, but I still think he'll end up being a pretty good player. If I just told you that, that, Devin Singletary, if you didn't know anything, you just knew he's he's led the team in rushing three straight years, and he's averaged 4.4 yards per carry or better all three seasons. His advanced stats are pretty good. He's got a decent amount of explosive plays. It's weird that that he's just not really taken very seriously, I guess, in the fantasy. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's arguably the best offense in the NFL. You know, you, you, they're, they're in the top five, you know, however you want to break it down. And that's going to lead to a lot of scoring chances. The problem is that the quarterback takes away a lot of those chances with his own rushing opportunities. And now there's, you know, essentially four running backs, uh, ironically enough, all of them from South Florida, uh, but four running backs that have an opportunity here to have some level of work on a week-to-week basis. Most likely, Zach Moss is going to be the odd man out. Uh, Duke Johnson, probably not going to have a significant role if everybody's healthy, but you could see a scenario where, as I think Heath just laid out, that James Cook on passing downs is going to dominate those snap shares and then Devin Singletary just doesn't get those same chances. You know, we've seen a lot of games for Devin Singletary, uh, you know, you, you know, kind of the numbers that you, you mentioned where he's had a 75 yard rushing game, an 80 yard rushing game, a 90 yard rushing game, minimal catches, no touchdowns. Those are just empty yards, you know, so you're not getting the, the, the type of production that you need as a fantasy option. Okay. And last one here for that topic, Devin Singletary or Ken Walker. Singletary for me. Um, Walker. Okay. Uh, the best rookie wide receiver in 2022 will be blank. And this includes all the guys who went. Yes, this is not just a day two thing here. Uh, the best rookie wide receiver in 2022 will be blank. I'll still stick with Drake London. I'm going to stick with Garrett Wilson, but man, I, the one thing I we like we were joking earlier about uh, my tanking team, and I have one and two in a draft, and I will be seeing if I can go. For, I think from two down to six or seven, because there's three or four wide receivers that I, I think could be really good, and I'm having a hard time separating them. All right, I'll do it. I'll take Christian Watson. Let's let's yeah. just re- remember it. <laughs> I'm taking him. It's such it's such a great landing spot. I mean, we talked about this yesterday that where, whichever guy ended up in Green Bay and, and, and Kansas City as well, but I think Green Bay's path is is much better, uh, not necessarily better quarterback or better team, but path, mm-hmm. you know, to to targets is better. That if he's good, my God, he could be amazing, you know. But is Aaron Rodgers going to trust a rookie to that level right away? And that's the concern. They said on ESPN no rookie has ever had more than 38 catches from Aaron Rodgers. No rookie wide receiver. <laughs> That's a low number. Yeah, yeah. This is a six foot four, two hundred and eight pound wide receiver who ran a four point three six. Six foot four and he ran a four point three six forty. Uh, he tested well in other things as well. He was he's not an FBS guy, but in North Dakota State, Christian Watson was uh, was really special. So he I mean it was exciting. And I hope that he earns a big target share. He seems to me more of a an MVS replacement than a number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like he's he he could be that deep guy and maybe even be better than MVS at that job. Um, I don't. It's hard for me to envision him earning a ton of targets. I thought it was interesting. I think, you, I think if you're if you're 
smart in your dynasty leagues. You're making offers for Alan Lazard tonight, tomorrow, next day or so, you know, just because there's going to be, oh, he's been replaced, understandably so. They got their guy, understandably so. Lazard may still end up being, and he may not be great, but you can get him cheap. And to take a flyer on that, Robert Tunyon, another guy I would take a flyer on. Um, you know, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, scrap heap type of guys. You just never know. Yeah. They're so cheap right now. All right. I, you know what? I thought it was interesting that Heath said Garrett Wilson. Uh, so I'll ask you about that, but not today. We'll save that for later on in the week. Let's talk more about day two. Arizona tight end Trey McBride, uh, blank Zach Ertz's fantasy value. Maybe I should put another word in there. Will blank Zach Ertz's fantasy value. Is to Zach Ertz's oh. fantasy value as Cole Komet was to Jimmy Graham. But that didn't have but that what that's they had to pay Jimmy Graham blank? for one more year. <laughs> and so there's gonna be one year where McBride does nothing and Ertz is good for fantasy. And then one year where Ertz is washed. But oh. McBride just doesn't score any touchdowns. And then Hurts <laughs> will leave. And McBride will be fine in year three. I still like McBride. It's just you draft him now. You have to just put him on your bench for two years probably. Okay, Jamie, let's uh, try to stay within the blank. <laughs> Arizona tight end Trey McBride will blank Zach Ertz's fantasy value. Uh, lowers it enough to where he's a better value pick. In redraft. Okay. That wasn't quite in there, no. but that's fine. I mean, I get it. I get the I get where I think he's you... still he's still a starting caliber fantasy tight end. He's not gonna be as good as he would have been. I just don't like the pick makes sense, obviously, from a long term perspective for the Cardinals. He's a great player, McBride is. But I just don't know what kind of an impact he's gonna make as a as a rookie if Ertz is healthy. Okay, if we go through the tight end rankings, how many of these guys have had some type of bad offseason other than, you know, Kelsey and now Andrews losing Marquise Brown? Uh, but at, What's that? Schultz is a winner. Schultz is a winner. Okay, but Waller gets Adams. Goddard gets A.J. Brown. Pitts gets Mariota. And now Garrett Wilson. Uh, Kittle's kind of an incomplete because we don't know right. if Lance will be better for him. And we don't know if Debo will be there. Kittle's an incomplete right now. Um, but Goddard last night and Ertz tonight. I don't know. Does it, yeah, does it seem like even more yeah, separation? Yeah, Albert O. Lose. Yeah. Well, Hawkinson gets Jameson Williams. We'll see when he contributes. Adam's um, like, Albert, okay, we don't have to talk about him anymore. I get, well, you know, he's not <laughs> one of the top eight guys or anything like that. But but does it, does it, make, uh, does it make it even more appealing to get Ertz or Kelsey? Uh, sorry. <laughs> Waller. No, Andrews or Kelsey. Andrews. It's, it's midnight I, I, right I, now. I'm sorry. I tweeted it last night, and it might be different now, but look, just looking at it, um, I think right now I'd, I'm I'm going to have Kelsey and Andrews both at the end of round one. Wow. What do you think about that hot, spicy take, Jamie? Boom. Um, that's good for leagues I draft in with Heath. <laughs> um I, I still think they're probably mid-second round picks. Um, Andrews will move up a few spots. He was closer to the end of round two for me. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it it's it certainly makes them you know more more needed for their teams. You know, I, Andrews obviously more so than than Kelsey because Kelsey's got you know a little bit more crowded receiving core right now. But he's so good, he's not going away as the leading option in the passing game. But Andrews, 
You know, I mean, you could certainly see him dominating targets more so maybe than he did a year ago. So they're they're both in great spots. All right, so let me tell you what happened today, folks, in case you missed it. The wide receivers, Christian Watson, 34th overall. The Packers traded two of their second-round picks to move up and get Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Then Wandale Robinson went to the Giants. He's a small guy. He's got great speed out of Kentucky. Such a weird pick. Terrible. I hate it, but he went 43rd. They, they had this, uh, we had a nice run of wide receivers here, just like we had in day one. Uh, we had John Mechie go to... Houston right after Wondell Robinson. Then a little bit of a break. Six picks later, Tyquan Thornton goes to the Patriots. He's fast. Four point two eight forty. Six foot two. Uh Chris Chapasso, uh, one of our analysts doing the draft grades on day two and day three, loves this pick. And yeah, you know, uh yeah. Pete Prisco thought he could end up actually end up being a late first round pick that the teams he was talking to, you know, were really high on him. Um, I did a story on because he trains at the place that I that I you know talk to those guys a lot, XP Sports in, in Fort Lauderdale. And he worked out there. Um, you know, they actually had the three fastest times at the combine with two cornerbacks and and Thornton. And you know, they were just raving about him as well. Uh, you know, he's not just a, a a speed guy, he can actually play. And so, you know, we'll see if he ended up in the right spot. That's just the the biggest question. But you know, the Patriots receiving core um looks a lot better than it did at the end of the last season with with Parker and Thornton and you know, keeping uh, Jacoby Myers there too. Yeah, and you should root against the Patriots because they averaged about eight or nine more pass attempts per game when they lost compared to when they won. And that was uh, 28.9 pass attempts per game in wins, 36.9 in losses. By the way, that stat about the wins does not include the three passes at Buffalo in that weird game. They The four, four games of theirs, the offenses ought to be a little better than they were last year. What's that? The Dolphins and the Jets. Oh, might be a, well, they, they might have to score yeah. a few more points in those games. And Patriots should be better, too. Uh, George Pickens sitting there going, where's George Pickens? Where's George Pickens? Well, he went uh, two picks after Tyquan Thornton. He went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Claypool or Pickens? Claypool, by the way, announced the pick. Uh, Claypool or Pickens this year? Still Claypool. Yeah. Uh, Claypool this year. Probably Pickens in, in Dynasty. Yeah, this is an elite recruit who tore his ACL going into his last year, so barely played last season. And according, you know, Chris Trapasso writing it up said, torn ACL and maybe some maturity issues knocked him down the board. True wide receiver one capabilities. So this could be another day two steal. For there was the a report Steelers. about that car accident too. So Right. Um, Alec Pierce went one pick after that. Love this. To the Colts. Uh, Sky Moore, one pick after that to the Chiefs. They got Sky Moore. Some people thought it happened in round one. And, yeah, at, this is Chris's write-up. Absolute stud, does everything well, only knock as he's a touch under 5'10", destroys press coverage, lightning quick routes, bounces off tacklers, gave him an A+, will be an instant star with Patrick Mahomes. Woo! All right, that wow. was the last wide receiver taken in round two. Sky Moore going out of Western Michigan, going to the Chiefs. You like it? Yeah, I'm glad that they got him and not uh, Wandale Robinson. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> for sure. But, but it wasn't just Wandale Robinson. I mean, John Mechie going ahead of Sky Moore, Tyquan Thornton, maybe even Pickens, and Alec Pierce. Uh, mock drafts had Moore going ahead of almost all of those guys. Yeah, Pickens and Moore were my favorite two from that group coming into the draft, and maybe probably still my favorite two now. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many targets more can earn in that first year. Because like Jamie said, it's it's pretty crowded. Um, but 
like the door is just wide open for him in year two and beyond to be the best wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes. This is like when you get to the back end of uh, round one in the yes. dynasty rookie draft and certainly early round two. Um, like I made the mistake last year. I, I think I've talked about this, like taking Terrace Marshall over. I think it was Elijah Moore and um, I forget who else was. Yeah. There's somebody else decent in that group um, because I thought the opportunity was there for Terrace Marshall with his former offense coordinator, you know, and, and Robbie Anderson leaving. Juju's on a one year deal. And unless we get middle of the season contract extension or even at the end of the season, you, know, you could be talking about four years of Sky Moore with Patrick Mahomes and growing into that alpha guy. I don't know if he'll ever be Tyree Kill, but you know, could certainly be a, a top 20 caliber fantasy receiver just because of the, the quarterback he's with and the offense he's on. And so, look, he could also be Michael Hardman. <laughs> you know, they, they've whiffed on a second round receiver before. Um, but, you know, you're, you, you're buying into opportunity. You know, and Adam, it's like something you said about, uh, I believe it was Dawson Knox, you know, just getting somebody who's just with a good quarterback and a good offense. And that's just something you want to bank on more times than not. Who's their slot receiver? That's what I thought was really interesting about this is I, I want Juju to be more on the outside, not exclusively or anything, but does this does this bounce Juju out outside a little bit more? Does, does Sky Moore play on the outside? Because I think a lot of people feel like with his size, he is a small dude, that he's better suited for the slot. I I think you what you see in today's NFL and the direction that's moving is you want guys that can do both. And not be pegged to this is just our slot receiver. You know, like it's not like the Patriots offense that we're used to seeing of there is a slot guy. And then, you know, even the Giants, like think about what the Giants did. You know, they, you know, if they're going to play Robinson um, and Shepard's healthy and Tony, I mean, Tony seems like he's best fitness in, in the slot. You know, there's, there's, there's a crowd, but, you know, I mean, Tony could play outside. I mean, Shepard showed he could play outside. Um, I think, you know, the Chiefs would I, ideally like, okay, you know, we have a handful of plays where, Juju's in the slot. We have a handful of plays where Sky Moore's in the slot. We'll put Miko Hardman there to get some mismatches, you know. So, um, you know, even Valdez Scaling will run routes that slot. Devontae Adams, you, you know, you don't think of him as a slot receiver, but he lined up there, you know, quite a bit. You know, he told me two Pro Bowls ago or three Pro Bowls ago, he loves playing in the slot because it gives him, you know, so many different mismatches. Yeah. So these guys like to move around and offenses like to move them around. All right, I'm going to pause real quick to answer this question from Evil Eric. Who is pick 102 in a rookie dynasty PPR draft? Brees Hall goes one. Who's two? It's got to be Walker still, right? I I will still have Walker second. I think it's close enough to where, like, if you were stacked at running back and wanted a wide receiver, you could take one of them. But the bad thing about that is it's it's hard for me right now to separate those top three or four wide receivers. So, yeah, it's I all mean, on Walker for me. It, it, it may be more than three or four. It's like feels like could be six or seven, you know, I mean, because you factor in Watson, you factor in Olave, you know, who, who's in a great spot. Uh, you mentioned Garrett Wilson. You know, we talked about this last night. You know, Wilson was lower for me than, than obviously you are. Um, Burks and, and London are in amazing situations. Uh, there's just a lot of, and we thought that was going to be the case. You know, it's, it's, it's such a good group, but was there a standout? So we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I, the reason I say London, you know, I'll, I'll lean toward the guy who went first. Yeah. Um, you know, just to kind of break the tie. And Dave wants to know if you're drinking Stone Arrogant Bastard, Heath. No, I do like Stone Arrogant Bastard, and it might be a good one for me on a night like tonight, but it's uh, Tangerine <laughs> Express is what this is. Tangerine Express. Uh, by the way, we have five shows coming up, plus a live stream. 
the shows will be at mostly, I think, at 10 a.m. Eastern on YouTube and, you know, usually about noon Eastern in your podcast feed. We'll rank each position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. That's Monday through Thursday. Friday, our favorite mid-round picks and a mailbag. And Tuesday at 1 p.m., we've got the live stream on YouTube, a live mock draft. We're going to do two drafts at 1 o'clock. Oh, yeah? We're going to do our redraft, our first redraft, mock draft, and we're going to do a three-round rookie draft. Excellent. Oh, okay. So who else went? Uh, so those were the round two picks at wide receiver. Sky Moore was the last one. Then you had Valus Jones going to the Bears. He is a kick returner. Uh, he is a yak guy. He's also going to be 25 years old as a rookie. He's older than Darnell Mooney. Huh. Uh, Jalen Tolbert was next up. He's going to Dallas. He's a deep threat. And David Bell to the Browns out of Purdue. That's a sneaky one. And Danny Gray, last pick of round three to the 49ers. So tell me, who do you think, going the day two guys, who gets drafted in redraft leagues? Obviously, Christian Watson. Yeah. Sky Moore. Pickens, I think, will too. Alec Pierce. Pierce could, yeah. Um, I might take some flyers on David Bell if Watson's not out for more than six games. Tolbert, if uh, if Gallup's out on Publis. What about Alec Pierce with the Colts? Said that first. You said that that was the first one you said. I'm <laughs> what about uh, no? That's it. I mean, we're not going to draft Wandale Robinson on the Giants. We're going to have to see it from John Mechie. He's also coming off a torn ACL with the Texans. Tyquan Thornton with the Patriots is just in a you know a crowded group there. Did you say Pickens? You maybe Pickens. Maybe Pickens. Yeah. Okay, so who are your after Watson? I can just assume he's number one in this group. Yes. Who are your next three favorites? Off right now, you know, obviously subject to change. Uh, Moore, Pierce, and I'll say David Bell. Um. Yeah. Moore, Pickens, and scroll. Um, I'll say Tolbert. <laughs> okay, more. Uh, not Pierce for you, Heath? I don't know what to make of Pierce as a secondary threat in this offense that's going to throw the ball 520 times. The slowest offense in football. Situation neutral pace. They were 32nd, the Indianapolis Colts. And in just straight up pace, they were 31st. So they're not going to run a ton of plays. another good opportunity, though. This receiving core was bad. That's true. All right, we'll take a break and talk more about the running backs. The quarterbacks, we had three of them come off the board in round three. Desmond Ritter to the Falcons, Malik Willis to the Titans, and Matt Corral to Carolina. Has anybody made an okay Corral joke yet? Or Golden Corral? Did we talk about that previously? Which is a better team name? Well, you would make that bad joke. Okay Corral or Golden Corral? Somebody asked me that. I don't know. Um, that depends okay, how good he is. If he's just okay, then he's going to be okay Corral. And I, that would be probably a really good football nickname. Anyway, he's on the Panthers now. And as far as the running backs go, we had the three in round two that we talked about. And then in round three, we had Rashad White to Tampa Bay and Ty Davis Price to San Francisco. So, and Brian Robinson to Washington. 
What? When Brian that... Robinson to Washington, yep. <laughs> How did I miss that? When did that happen? Um, tonight. Oh, oh, oh. I was, I was setting up. I was, that was when I was starting to set up for the show. 98th overall, Brian Robinson. To wa- That's pretty, that is freaking interesting. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting. <laughs> should have got that a little earlier yeah. in the show. I Fill in the blank. Washington Brian really Robinson is what? To Antonio Gibson's draft value. All right, that's what we're going to talk about as soon as we come back from break. We'll be right back. I need a producer. We need, we'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, I couldn't believe it when Brian Robinson was drafted by the <laughs> by the commanders. That was really something. And he went 98th overall, and uh, he's, he's, you know, he's interesting. So, is there anything else you want to say about the top. Let's talk about the top three real quick and just tell me where you think you're going to... I know you already said it. Let's do it again. Where do you think you're going to draft these running backs in PPR? Rank them, sorry. Brees Hall, go. Round three. Uh, round four. Oh, round three. Okay, so Saquon Barkley or Brees Hall? Um, I don't think Barkley, Barkley in full PPR, yeah. Hall and non. So then who's Who's next? Um, I've got uh, in full PPR. I've actually got um, him right around Chubb and Dobbins and Javante Williams. Oh, you have Barkley ahead of those guys. In full PPR, I do. Oh. Okay. So, how about Ken Walker? Uh, Walker probably around six. I was gonna say five, six. So yeah, let's just go with six. Kareem Hunt or Ken Walker? Hunt. Hunt. Melvin Gordon or Ken Walker? Walker. I've got Melvin just a little bit higher, but I'd probably take Walker for the upside. Elijah Mitchell or Ken Walker? I'll feel better about Ken Walker. I hate saying this, but if Chris Carson is no longer on the Seahawks. That's for sure. Um, Mitchell's quite a ways ahead of this. Uh, you said who? Elijah Mitchell. Compared to who? Ken Walker. Oh, yeah. Mitchell for now, but the, the 49ers drafting another running back just makes me sick. Well, he's obviously going to lead the team in rushing. Ty Davis Price. <laughs> it couldn't be more obvious. Uh, and all right, let's go to the uh, the round three guys. 
That would be Rashad White for Tampa Bay. Jamie, your thoughts? Out of Arizona State, six foot, two hundred fourteen pounds, ran a four point four eight, and yeah, I don't know. He didn't. He didn't seem that fast to me watching him, but maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> what do you think, Rashad White? Fantasy relevant? Uh, late round flyer. You know, handcuffed to Leonard Fournette. You know, if he can stay ahead of Keyshawn Vaughn on the depth chart, but could be a sneaky second round rookie only pick because you know who knows what the long-term standing is there for Fournette. You just have to wonder, you know, at what point did the Bucks hit the reset button when Brady retires? Yep. He had 45, 43 catches last year, by the way, Rashad White. And how about Ty Davis Price to the 49ers out of LSU? Six foot, 211 pounds, ran a 4.4840, same as Rashad White. And actually, one of the worst yards per, I mean, bad yards per carry. 4.8, 4.6 yards per carry in his career. That's like really bad in college. Cam Akers had a lot of concerns, with, and he was with 4.9. Uh, anyway, Heath, your thoughts on Ty Davis Price? Does he matter? I don't think we'll be drafting him in redraft. Probably, I could see something happening in camp or reports coming out in camp to where all of a sudden he's the second 49ers running back being drafted, maybe in the round 10-ish range. But I think he's going to be more of a waiver wire ad the week that we find out that he's going to be the guy, or the week after he's the guy when we didn't expect it. The the only thing that makes me a little bit interested is the recent report of the knee surgery for Elijah Mitchell, which I know was not expected to be major. But this team adding another guy, like you know, you go back to last year's draft, and it was I think third round for Sermon and fifth round for Mitchell. And Mitchell was like, oh, okay, you know, guy that fits their system. Now, this one does not fit their system. Um, he's obviously going to learn it, and I'm sure we'll be good in it, but didn't run the same type of, you know, zone scheme in in LSU. But, man, do they just take anybody and put them back there, and they're good. And so Not uh, Trey Sermon. He, huh? <laughs> not Trey Sermon. Well, I mean, you know, Sermon, the one game where he had work, he was okay. Um so we'll we'll see. Uh, I, you know, I obviously Jeff Wilson's still there, and 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 who knows what they think of him. But uh, if if you like our rookie draft goes six rounds, uh, this is somebody that you want to have around, you know, four, five, six, depending on how your team is constructed. And finally, Brian Robinson, 6'2", 225 pounds, out of Alabama. He, like every other Alabama running back, waited his turn and had a pretty good season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 1,343 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns. Then the word on him, Robinson, he just kind of runs into people. He's kind of a bruiser. Emery Hunt was talking about him on the Pick 6 podcast, and he said something like, eventually you got to make somebody miss, and that's not really what Brian Robinson does. Um, yeah, what, what do you think about him? Is he just a handcuff, you think, right now, Jamie, Brian Robinson? Yes, I think this is bad for Jared Patterson if you're in that camp. No effect on Antonio Gibson? Small. I lowered him. Two? 23. So behind wow. Brees Hall? I think he was 15, which is there's a, there's a that's very a huge, close. That's a big like 15, 15 to 23 is a, a lot of very similar uh, projections. So a small You can't get out of this. A that's, a big, that's a big, big drop. I don't, that's it's eight a, people. I think it's a big, big red flag for a team that has... J.D. McKissick and Patterson behind him to use a third-round pick on a running back like Robinson. 
It makes me yeah, very yeah. concerned that I, they don't see him as the best pass catching running back on their team. And do they see him as the best running back running back on their team? Like what? Why are they doing this? They had so little draft capital. We talked about it before the draft. It didn't make any sense that they were using these top thirty visits on running backs. I'm I'm concerned about Gibson. Oh, that's fine. I'm just saying that you have to acknowledge 15 to 23. That's big. That's a big deal. That's I don't a, really a think it's that's that big of a deal. <laughs> that's like a, a full round and a half, maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe two. Yeah, that's a huge deal. Are you kidding me? Bye now. All right. Well, got uh in you got some you got some handcuffs that could step up and fill roles in Rashad White in Tampa Bay, uh Ty Davis Price in San Francisco and Brian Robinson to Washington. So, well, how about we spin it to the veterans now? Winners and losers. He did anybody move up or down in your rankings any NFL veterans based on Friday's events? Um Antonio Gibson did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also I'm trying to think like um I'm Mikol took a hit um at wide receiver but he wasn't very high um who am I missing Jamie Michael Carter took a hit oh Michael uh, Carter yeah um big win for James Conner so far big win yeah I mean come out of free agency in the draft with no significant competition I mean that's huge so you know we'll see what they do um, but my gosh, that's a nice situation for him right now. But um, based on today, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, you got to give him a bump up. You know, not necessarily you have to draft him higher or rank him higher, but you got to feel better about him. So I got to feel better about Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, I, I think. Uh, so, I think the Rodgers one's interesting. Like going back to where you were before the draft, do you like him more or less than you did before when they had all their picks but no wide receivers? Uh, you know, Christian Watson was a – like him and Sky Moore were first-round caliber players. So the fact that they end up getting them still on day two, you know, I, I think you got to feel comfortable about those those type of guys. You know, I, I think it would have been better for both those quarterbacks, clearly more so Rodgers, uh, as, as you alluded to, if they had packaged their two picks or one of them to move up to aggressively target one of those guys, you know, whether it would be, you know, a Garrett Wilson or a Chris Olave or one, you know, somebody of that caliber. Um, I'm not moving Rogers, but I feel better about him. You know, if I'm a dynasty owner, uh, dynasty manager, if I'm a, if I'm looking to draft him, you know, like I was really surprised that Dave said he still has Rogers. I think he said, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, they still has Rogers ahead of um, Jalen Hurts. Um, or he said he moved him ahead of, moved Hurts ahead of Rogers. Uh, to me, that's not close right now, and and I might look silly for saying that, but I feel much better about Jalen Hurts than I do Aaron Rodgers. But I feel better about Rodgers after tonight. He, right now, I'm seeing Dave has Hurts 13, Rodgers 14. I don't know. I haven't updated my rankings. I don't know. Either. Yeah, uh, don't uh, said five hours ago, but but yeah, sometimes it's I, not. I think I have Hurts four. You do have Hurts four. Whoa! How about that? That's pretty cool. Jalen Hurts four. All right, I'm looking. Yeah, see, we didn't really get Heat's. Per- we didn't not really get. We didn't get Heat's perspective not at, all. at all yesterday. 0%. Yeah, okay. you'll get plenty of it over the next few months. I'm just trying to see. I mean, the running backs. The, you mentioned the Cardinals and James Conner being a winner. They don't have any picks until round six, so I don't know how they're getting into round four. 
They've got three picks in round six and two in round well, seven. You, this is, you'll start to hear some 2023 picks. Yeah, they could do that. They could do that. But they had two picks in round three, two picks in round two, and they drafted tight end, defensive line, defensive line. I'm sorry, they only had one pick in round two. So they had three picks, no running back so far, and they're not up again until pick 201. Yeah, there, there's a guy sitting out there that can ruin that backfield. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm, st- I'm sure you're talking about Spiller. Yep. But... Right, look, we kind of do this, right? Spiller's a name that's been talked about for a long time, the same way uh, Jermaine Johnson was, the same way George Pickens, uh, the same way, uh, sorry, N'Kobe Dean. But like, if uh, he went in the four, early fourth, that could be a Michael Carter situation. Yeah, it, it, right, it could, it could. But you just well, have I, to- I don't think they're getting anybody that's going to, you, you say now James Conner is you know free-falling like Heath has Antonio Gibson free-falling. Um, but... <laughs> You know, it could it could be where, you know, Connor's putting himself into round two, with how things are shaping up right now. Where yeah, I'm just saying, what if, somebody, what if it's Zamir White that they? Yeah, take? no, same thing. I mean, that's or Kyron same, Williams same, as a pass same catcher. caliber of player. You know, I, I shouldn't have said there's one guy out there. There, there are clearly a couple of guys out there. Uh, you, you said Damian Pierce. Um, no, I said Kyron Williams, who would just be that third down guy. Uh, yeah, potentially. Um, so there, there's a handful of guys out there, but. I, I think the fact that we're through two days of the NFL draft and they haven't done anything to do that, plus not bringing anybody in free agency, you know, either they really think highly of, you know, Benjamin. So that's a guy, you know, again, dynasty managers, if we get to the end of tomorrow and they haven't done anything, start buying if you can, or maybe do it now. But uh, clearly James Conner's in a great spot. Man, I really want to hear about, Jalen Hurts, number four, but that's really for next week. Uh, you can go to CBSSports.com, and there's an article about how he could be the number one quarterback this year. If you put Chris Tower's name on the byline, I'll read it. You know how I I, will, I did I not. Will, I, I read Chris's stuff. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the quarterbacks then. Desmond Ritter to the Falcons, Malik Willis to the Titans, Matt Coral, Matt Corral, pardon me, to – okay, okay, Corral. Matt Corral to the Panthers all in round three. Heath, your thoughts on these three guys, and it's probably more of a dynasty question, I would assume. Yeah, there's. I don't know that there's anybody who who fell further for me in terms of dynasty than Malik Willis over the last two days. Um, it's an opportunity, and he like there's a possibility that right, this could be Ryan Tannehill's last season in Tennessee. He could spend a season in Tennessee and wow them, and head into next year as as a potential starter. Um, but man, it, it would, I would have felt a lot better about it if he'd been taken a round or two earlier. Um, I think I think it's perfectly reasonable to prefer Ritter at this point, and it seems I think there's a chance that we get to see Ritter play football this year, which is probably different than Willis, except for undesigned plays. Was this the first time in NFL history, or maybe in the Super Bowl era, that only one quarterback was taken in the first two rounds? Has to be right. It's a, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, uh, we need to give uh, our colleague Pete Prisco credit. He's the only person that said anywhere that I could see that Malik Willis was a third round talent and should not be a first round pick. Um, he was on record saying that multiple times. Got a lot of criticism for it, um, and so you know, a little vindication there. Yeah, uh, for Pete, um, I think they couldn't have really ended up. In some better situations, obviously Seattle would have been one, you know, for any of these guys to have a chance to compete for the starting job. But as Heath said, uh, you know, Mariota, who knows what his long-term 
scenario could be for the Falcons and, and the same for Tannehill with the Titans. And so if those guys play well enough, you know, we could be looking at 2023 as, as starting quarterback. So they have an opportunity, you know, you just like, as he said, you would have liked to see these guys be selected in situations where teams really coveted them. Now the Titans traded up to get Malik Willis, but uh, NFL network reporting that the only person who went to his pro day was their quarterbacks coach. So no GM, no head coach, um, no offense coordinator. So, and the only conversation they had at the combine apparently was an, um, not a formal one, informal one. Couldn't think of the word there for a second. Um, so, you know, were they just drafting based on tape and what they, you know, feel comfortable with? Or was this just, hey, he's still sitting there. Let's go get, you know, what could be a, a, a pretty good option then. All right. W. Grimm 88 points out that in 1996, there were no first round quarterbacks. But I said, was this the only time there's been one, only one through the first two rounds? And W. Grimm, you should know that there was only one in the first two rounds. It was Tony Banks in 1996. And then one more in round three. It was Bobby Hoying. Round four gave us Jeff Lewis and Danny Cannell. And I'll just hey. stop there. Yeah, Danny Cannell. I, I will say, like, for Corral, like, this is, if, if you want a, a, an opportunity to take a big swing, this is about as good a situation as you could get into for him. Like, go beat out Sam Darnold at some point and get to throw the ball to DJ Moore and see what you can do in the NFL. I'm, I'm more interested in him than, than I thought I was going to be. Does it change anything for you for DJ Moore? Uh, not yet, no. Okay. Anything else to cover here? Did you hear about Brian Robinson? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I think for the people that have stuck around, Heath should explain Jalen Hurts. Okay. Efficiency-wise, he was pretty close to a league average quarterback last year. I presume he's going to get a little bit better as a passer, and he adds one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. A.J. Brown is a number one. Devontae Smith is a number two. Dallas Goddard as a number three is spectacular in terms of weapons. And he runs the ball nine times a game. I'm going to give you this, too. First seven games of the season, when they were much more balanced, he was a top-five quarterback. He was number three per game in four-point, number six per game in six-point. So per game, he was top six. Overall, he was top five in those first seven games. Then he just stopped throwing the ball. Uh, what are you going to project for them in terms of their run-pass splits? Uh, 51% pass. And where does that rank? That is in the bottom third for sure, but about five points higher than they were last year. And what did you do with A.J. Brown? Uh, he is wide receiver 10 or 12, I think. Would you rather Low in number one. Brees Hall or A.J. Brown? In um, A.J. Brown. Okay, in those leagues? In, <laughs> in, in A.J. Those Brown leagues. leagues. Okay. How about you, Jamie? Brees Hall or A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown. Okay. I think we're good here. I think uh, I feel good about the show. Oh, tight ends. Eagle. I'm sorry. Tight ends. They happened too. So you had Trey McBride going to Arizona. 55th overall. You had Jelani Woods, six foot seven, two fifty nine, going to the Colts. And you had Greg Dulcich out of UCLA going to Denver. And Jeremy Ruckert going to the Jets very late in round three. And Chris Trapasso saying that is his favorite tight end in this class. 
uh, he think considers him a you know good great blocker run. He's good in the run game and the pass game. Jeremy Ruckert going to so the Jets at the at the combine. Um, I was uh, I guess the tight end guy uh, on our set along with uh, Ryan Wilson. Uh, you know we were we were interviewing the tight ends and to a man, every one of them said they want to be the next George Kittle because George Kittle is the most complete tight end in the NFL. He's blocking and, and, and receiving. You know, it's hard to find somebody better than him that does both. Um, can these guys be the, the receiver? <laughs> you know, that's that's what we care about, clearly. Um, they, you know, Dolchitz could easily be better than Alberto. That's, that's not, I, I think, a stretch. But McBride, as we talked about, seems to have a, a very difficult path to getting there, you know, I think also from blocking standpoint, McBride is good, but um, Max Williams, I believe, is a pretty good blocking tight end for the Cardinals. Uh, and then for the Jets, you know, with what their off seasons look like, has looked like with CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin coming there, it seems like there's a very difficult path for Jeremy Rucker to be fantasy relevant anytime soon. It does feel like they're going to run the ball though, huh? They're going to try. Like they're going <laughs> to try. All right. Have a great yeah, night, everybody. That's, that's why for me it's a little tough to trust Garrett Wilson this season. Also, do you guys enjoy Midnight Madness pods? Asked Scott. I love them. Yeah, this is not my prime. Uh, this is not my prime <laughs> awake time. I'm I'm better in the mornings. At at this point last night, uh, somebody was asking if Dave was asleep. <laughs> everybody said I looked tired, and I was a little bit, but today I'm much much more tired. Uh, I enjoy it. Here's what I don't like about the shows. I get so much adrenaline and I cannot sleep for at least an hour. After oh, I'm, I'm going, done. going straight to the bourbon. The <laughs> <one shit. laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just wired. So yeah. anyway, um, we're out of here tonight and we were actually going to do uh, FFT and five. If any of you YouTubers want to go watch that, I don't know who it's on. Is it Heath? Sure. Yeah. I think it's probably Heath. It was a Jamie last night. So um, we'll talk to you over there at FFT and 5. And we'll talk to you tomorrow to recap day three. We have a lot of running backs, interesting ones that still have yet to hear their names called. Are you going to watch the draft, Adam? Going out for lunch for my wife's birthday tomorrow. So is that a good enough excuse not to watch? Are you going to follow it, though? Oh, of course, yeah. Like you're out to lunch. Wife is just you and the wife or the kids come to? No, it's family. It's extended uh, brothers, sisters, mom. It's that stuff, you know, 12. So, so you don't have to keep your eye on your children as, as intently as you would if it was just the two of you. Sure. Yeah. There'll be other family members to watch your children. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Will you be staring at your phone? No, hell no. Are you kidding? I'll get updates when offensive players are taken. So I'll know when it matters, but we're going to do a show. You? What's that? Who's going to update you? My phone. I got apps. They tell me this guy's was just taken. You know, if it's fantasy relevant. So, not yeah. guys like Brian Robinson, but definitely guys. My like phone Wyatt did Orton. not tell me about Brian Robinson. <laughs> We're gonna have to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great night and a great uh, great Saturday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.